2: to a three-year program with the IMF, it will be the last time we'll have to go to the IMF again for any such program.
3: This is why we got into the IMF. You were spending too much relative to revenues, which is true. You were borrowing too much, which is true. Your external payments position has deteriorated, which is true.
4: I'm also pleased to
5: report that the three-year IMF support
6: program began in 2015. We will not go to IMF tomorrow and we are not going as long as the NPP remains in power. Don't
7: let anybody tell you we are not people of short sight.
4: And suddenly, we were having, facing major challenges on our ba- balance of payments, our, our currency went into a steep decline. Interest rates went out of the window, inflation, uh, all the, the indices that have been worked on. And
5: that is what basically forced us to go to seek the assistance of the Father.
7: Has struggled to manage its debt, and it has been one constant feature in almost all our engagements with the IMF and development partners. Our struggle to manage our debt has been a bane on this country, and and has fueled macroeconomic instability over the years. So you find that right from 1965 when ghana first approached the imf under the the watch of dr kwame Nkrumah, one of the reasons we cited was debt on sustainability or ballooning public debt even though that program was rejected after it was approved by the fund it wasn't long and Nkrumah's government was overthrown and so one major the economic decision that Ghana took right after the overthrow of Dr. Kwame Nkrumah in 1966 was to approach the IMF, and one of the reasons that were listed was debt unsustainability or ballooning public debt.
8: Godfred Alufa Buping is an economist and professor of finance at the University of Ghana. Professor Bopping traces the problem of Ghana's indebtedness to the independence era. Even after HIPE, which we completed
7: in in, in two thousand and four, and then the multilateral debt relief initiative, which we finished in two thousand and six, Ghana's debt to GDP ratio came down to less than thirty percent. That meant we had fiscal space. Okay? And really we did not and and this is evident, we did not make prudent use of that fiscal space that was conferred on the state as a result of the combined EPIC-MDR initiative. So we, 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 we thought that we could pull our way through debt, and here we are today as though we
8: needed another EPIC like yesterday. Since independence, a year has never gone by without Ghana's public debt burden generating news headlines. The public debt has reached a little over
2: 112 billion cities as of September this year. The total debt of Ghana is nearing some 200 billion Ghana cities.
9: Ghana has added 10.7 billion Ghana cities to its public debt stock in just four months.
2: The IMF is
6: projecting that Ghana's debt to GDP ratio could reach worrying levels by the end of the year.
8: The end of the slave trade corresponded with the Industrial Revolution the demand by European powers for Africa's tangible commodities like gold, cash crops, fossil fuels, and metals were on the ascendancy. After more than 60 years of independence, Ghana remains heavily reliant on foreign exchange returns from three principal commodities gold, cocoa, and now oil, which together account for more than 80% of the country's exports. Historically, Ghana has enjoyed a lot of debt cancellations and technical defaults, including the famous chia policy announced by Champo in 1972.
5: The problem is that historically, we always hit a roadblock, where we just have to go and beg our creditors to forgive us. We've not been able to figure that out. Where well, we borrow money, we attract more capital, we transform the nature of our economy by building the right factories, the right schools, the right hospitals, our people become much more productive they start to produce a lot locally we have a lot more money we stop having to borrow so much and then we are suddenly in alignment with our commitments to our creditors for instance the historical evidence is that we always struggle with that goal and we try for
10: many years
5: so after osagefo built quite a bit to all these factories and to create an industrialization plan for the country and execute on that plan you find that by the time he was overthrown the country was so indebted that we literally could not pay our debts and the 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 first thing that happened was that the military rulers in 1967 that went for an imf program which you saw but that imf program was supposed to be extended they were supposed to give a bit more money and do more reforms so if you look there you see that 1966 right after the overthrow we get a standby arrangement meaning that we just told them oh we're just having some um, um, sudden um, shocks. So can you just give us some money to figure it through? So all throughout that period we could never agree, agree with, with, with the fund, IMF, uh, a real program of reform, you know, a structural reform program.
8: Bright Simmons an avowed apostle of economic reforms speaks profoundly on Ghana's debt cancellation.
5: Quite a small, small amount of money until we went into a proper program in 1983 and then that led us into a full-scale program, which was the Stellar Fund Facility in 1987. Before we got to that period, we were just doing standby arrangements, just collecting money to fix you know, a few problems. And then by 1970, the government was of the view that it couldn't pay at all, you know, even with, with all the you know, support that was coming in. It just could not. So the British government agreed to host a debt conference in London in a place called Marlborough House, where it invited all our other creditors And then Ghana sent a delegation led by the finance minister, then the Honorable G.H. Mensah. And you can see the Honorable um, John Adjikub on the left, who was then the deputy foreign minister. And the two of them were the leaders of our delegation. We went into this debt conference and we started to talk about debt relief. Eventually, this led to about half of our debt more or less being wiped away. The
10: 1974...
5: Um, situation which followed this one because remember that in 1972 that government was then overthrown and military government came and the famous Yen was then announced by the government which was a unilateral. So this government, the, the government before had done a, uh, a multilateral mechanism or had embarked upon a multilateral mechanism to get relief for that. The, the new government initially didn't want to go through that process anymore because obviously we were going to say we just finished a multilateral renegotiation. What are you talking about? So they repudiated that arrangement. They said we're not going to follow it. You know, all the agreements that were made in Marlborough House, they said we were not interested. This was something that had been done by new colonialists. They were a more um, progressive government. They didn't want to be bound by what had been agreed in Marlborough House in London. Eventually, that led to huge problems because we lost credibility in the international market. And so the government eventually then agreed to um, um, a discussion with its creditors and some kind of technical default.
10: <laughs>
8: Ghana's economy is fragile. The
7: IMF has helped with loans, but ordinary workers still haven't
6: seen much benefit. Political stability remains elusive, and Rowling's own position is far from secure. In
5: 1982 also we went into another 10 card default because when the new government came to power, they do the usual thing they do, they blame the previous governments for all the debt and they call them all debt. And they just couldn't pay as well because during that period we had huge problems with reserves. Um, and then the drought had happened, um, or the drought was just about to happen, and we people came out from Nigeria. So we had a lot of, we had a lot of financial difficulties in the, in the period. And in 1980, uh, 1982, we, we went into another default situation.
8: We were described as not credit worthy. No, no creditors will continue to give us. Uh, credit lines to, to run the business of government for the nation and since we had only four years to prove that we could govern uh, we, we might be worse off than what we inherited so we decided to go the epic way and it worked
5: Ghana was the second biggest beneficiary of debt relief literally in the world though this is a list of African countries in terms of the proportion of your GDP and as a proportion of how much debt that was you know, forgiven, Ghana was number two on the, on, on the list of African countries at least. So you see that we have huge benefits from hipic more than uh, six billion dollars of money was freed up uh, for us.
8: Ghana's dependence on commodity exports never ended. And as prices surged, this generated more willingness for lenders to give loans off the back of a growing economy as part of a worldwide boom in primary commodity prices significantly impacted by chinese growth and demand on top of sustained increased consumption in rich north american european and asian economies gold and cocoa prices started to rise in the mid-2000s Ghana discovered oil and by 2011 the country had started producing and exporting its first barrels of crude oil.
5: I do not want Ghanaians to think that the oil discovery is the end of everything. That is the end of the journey. If anything, it is the beginning of the journey. We want to make sure that we derive the maximum benefit from the oil. But that should not take away attention from the other very important areas, agriculture. No nation can flourish without a strong agricultural base what kind of growth are you looking for
8: for 2011 for ghana
5: well anything in the teens should be okay for us 14 percent 15 percent
8: in january 2011 ghana was set to become the fastest growing economy in sub-saharan africa as projected by the world bank with an end period growth rate of 13.4 percent indeed ghana ended 2011 with a growth rate of 14 percent 0.6 percentage points higher than what was projected. After slowing down from 14% to 9.3% in 2012, the unexpected happened. The prices of gold and oil both slammed significantly in early 2013. Ghana's growth rate followed with an unstoppable free fall, and before the dawn of 2015, the country's growth rate had been truncated from 14% in 2011 to 2.9% in 2014. By 2015, Ghana's economy was in trouble. Hobbled by widening current account and budget deficits, rampant inflation, and a depreciating currency, credit dried up as interest rates rose and banks' bad loans piled up. Precisely because
7: the structure of the economy explains a lot of the things that you see at a macro level and even at a micro level. So that is fine because essentially we, are, we don't add margins to the Primary commodities and look, the world thrives on margins to the extent that you are not adding margins, you are not getting value, and therefore you don't command price in the market. Okay, the resilience of our economy is very susceptible to shocks, particularly from commodity crisis. And if you look at it since the 60s. The shocks that we have experienced, either coming from the commodity side, financial or whatever, it impacts us heavily because the structure of the economy is it's, it's just not there. And we've been talking about this for years.
8: The borrowing came a vicious cycle and Ghana couldn't escape the trap even after debt forgiveness. At the root of Ghana's woes was out of control government spending, largely to pay salaries of an overgrown civil service. After several considerations, Ghana was back to the IMF seeking a fresh bailout. This was our 16th. Sir Tepe was finance minister in 2015. He led the team to secure a $918 million loan facility, which was approved on April 3, 2015, after going through all negotiations.
4: In our case, we were in a fund program was yeah. in the fund program, as it Professor went into the fund program. But remember, we also said that we came to the conclusion that we wanted to do homegrown policy. We wanted to see whether we could stand on our own feet, based on partially on what I said fiscal discipline, but also utilizing part of the oil revenue mm-hmm. to start to resolve some of the things we were not doing well. So you saw the Stabilization Fund, Heritage Fund, which is savings. You know, you saw allocation to GMPC, you know, to do exploration and others. Innovative things, contingency fund, sinking funds, so that we stop that habit of borrowing and not paying. So we, the PRMA set up those, those structures, you know, and, and they help. But then we suffered some crises. The global financial crisis was one, which was 2000, 2008, 2009 when Professor Merris, you know, came in, and then we had the single spine challenges, and then the disruption in gas supply, you know, from Nigeria, which gave us that word, could do so. you know, we think it's a it's, um, non-performance, but that was the cause, you know, and then we waited two, three years, and it wasn't being resolved, you know, so we decided to do the badges and the other things um but the most critical one was a boring heavy boring that was being done for single spine arrest. Mm-hmm. So the arrest so the fiscal became a bit shaky right but we were confident that we could do it homegrown but by the time we went to Sinchi and uh, looked at the policies and the rest we realized you know that it was going to be difficult and then as you know was a case the development partners also decided that you know they didn't think we could handle this, this problem ourselves which is part of the, the markets also, where you borrow sovereign money and the rest. Uh, they look to the IMF, which is the lender of last resort. Not just that, but the IMF also, under the Article 4 of its protocol, which you signed to, whether you're in a fund program or not, they will come and inspect your books.
10: Yeah.
4: And they will tell it as it is. So once that is published, that was published, the markets began to wonder you know, whether you know, we could go it alone. And so we had to. That's why having the homegrown policy, which we drew with the assistance of African Development Bank, we decided, you know, to do the IMF program, the ECF. But we didn't. Whilst we were doing that, we continued mm. with our sinking fund and other policies, stabilisation funds. Some of which came in handy, you know, during the COVID. Whilst we were doing that, we continued mm. with our sinking fund and other policies, stabilisation funds. Some of which came in handy, you know, during the COVID.
2: Investor, Investor confidence time we'll have to go to the IMF again for any such program this will be the IMF program to end all programs
8: access the other 15 one target of Ghana's 16th IMF program was to help restore our debt burden to sustainable levels the government limited hiring and wage increases and eliminated subsidies for utilities and petroleum products to raise revenue it cracked down on tax evasion and rationalized exemptions. New revenue sources, including a tax on luxury cars and increased taxes on high earners, to put Ghana's finances on sound footing. The new Public Financial Management Act program failed. The 16th IMF program conferred on Ghana significant credit worthiness, and after almost a year without access, the country was back to the Eurobond market. For more foreign liquidity. The 16th IMF
7: program actually failed on one of its objectives, which was to substantially bring down debt. So the 16th IMF program really did not do much
8: in terms of uh, bringing Ghana's debt to a sustainable level. Former Finance Minister Set Tepe speaks about the reliance on the Eurobond and TBOs.
4: We fell into the habit, if you ask, of borrowing first domestic. Treasury bills. Mm-hmm. What's the meaning of a treasury bill? Treasury bill is for liquidity. That's why it's only 90 days, you Now 91 days. And usually at the beginning of the year, you cannot reduce certain expenditures, wages, and the rest. So you borrow short term. It's 90 days, three months, and then for exigencies. Then when the revenue starts coming, you pay off because it's for only 90 days. Yeah. But we started rolling over we started borrowing, instead of making provision to pay it down, right, we we would take the first treasury bill, and then come 90 days, every, every week we are taking it, come 90 days, instead of putting money aside to repay that one, then we add that one to the current debt we want to finance, and then, you know, we take more loans. So... The non-payment resulted in more borrowing and more borrowing. But we carried, began to carry that.
1: Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax.
4: fiscal indiscipline to the uh, sovereign bond markets. Mm -hmm. So we're issuing only interest, only loans, and the rest. And then the 10 years caught up with this, which was what we realized in 2014, that we're just paying only interest. And you can't be in the capital markets if you don't have a mechanism for repayment, which which is a simple explanation for the sinking fund, which coincidentally is in the Constitution, but it's optional. Mm. Which means that the framers of the constitution, including finance ministers and others, may have known that there was that weakness and we needed to set it up. Contingency fund, in the constitution, we never set it up. So with the advent of oil, the question you asked, we decided, let us begin to channel part of the oil revenue, which is new, to resolve, you know, some of these things, you know, if you like, bad practices.
8: In less than six months into the 16th IMF program, the government gathered enough credit worthiness and was back in the eurobond market to borrow one billion dollars. By September 2016, amount borrowed under the Muhammad administration had reached 3.75 billion dollars, with an average interest rate slightly above nine percent. December 2016 came with a thunderbolt. It was time for the electorates to decide. The elections were fought on the turf of the economy.
3: This is why we got into the IMF. You were spending too much relative to revenues, which is true. You were borrowing too much, which is true. Your external payments position has deteriorated, which is true.
8: After eight years of power, the National Democratic Congress, led by John Dramani Mahama, suffered a huge shock. The party lost the national election by a huge margin. A new Messiah, Nana Adudankwa Ekufu Ado, was ushered into office to perform the badly-needed surgical operation on the Ghanaian economy.
9: By the power vested in me as the chairperson of the Electoral Commission, and the returning officer for the presidential election, it is my duty and my privilege to declare Nana Adodankwa akufo Ado as the president-elect of the Republic of Ghana.
8: There was a new breath of hope. The new team was to steer the economic affairs of the country. In fact, many believe that With Dr. Baumia in the economic management seat, Ghana's economy would never slip back into coma.
3: Fellow Kukrudites, we were elected to fix the problems and I'm glad to report that we are fixing the problems and we are putting in place the policies that will drive the economic transformation of this country.
9: Yay! Yeah, pass out. Who give me? Who give me? Who give me? Yeah.
2: Smile, hey, smile, smile. Let's add some filters. Filters?
6: Oh! No! Well, young Kun is our how. Let's keep it natural.
9: Natural it is. <laughs> hey, natural is definitely better.
6: Fruity, the all-natural fruit juice. This advert is FDA
9: approved. You need EcoBank Salary Account, bro. With the EcoBank Salary Account, you will enjoy free life insurance, free debit card, save while you spend, and an
4: amazing chance to double your salary. and even more consolation rewards in the EcoBank Double Salary Promo Reloaded. Will...
9: Guy, so this EcoBank Salary
4: Account sounds interesting. What do you think? Eh, uh, uh, yeah. But maybe
7: next time, Charlie, you know what? I'll go shine my shoes.
9: Hey. Yo, Myself, self. I'll go check my BB. up, never go down
4: and we stay fly- yeah,
9: man. <laughs> Open an Bank salary account today for a lifetime of benefits. You also stand a chance to win more than double your salary in the Bank Double Salary Promo Reloaded from now till July 31st. Terms and conditions apply.
10: This
9: oh, promo is under the supervision of the National Lottery Authority under the Paritas Lottery <laughs> Platform. distinguished patronage of His Excellency, the Vice President of the Republic of Ghana, Dr. Mahmoud Obaumia. Ghana National College celebrates its 75th speech and prize-giving day under the theme, 75 years of holistic education, natural leaders for the 21st century. Date: July 22nd, 2023. Time, 8 a.m. Venue, Ghana National College Cape Coast. The celebration will be climaxed with other landmark events as follows. July 16th, Regional Church Service. July 19th, Interhouse Debate July 20th, Nananum Inspire followed by a sit down. July 21st, Football Gala, AGM, Flag Raising Ceremony, on more. July 22nd, Speech and Prize Giving Day, fundraising dinner of Dance. July 23rd, Thanksgiving Service, Swearing in New Executives, Omuto Kufu Gathering, Pool Party. Nananum, Enyansafu.
5: We've had news file over the weekend and uh, an interesting part of the conversation.
7: Oh no, we are out of range
9: Oh don't worry daddy, I have Alexa in my back Alex what? Alexa Open Multimedia Ghana and play Joy FM
0: Super Hits Radio, Radio. Joy
9: 99.7 Listen to Joy FM Hits FM Love FM live on your Amazon Echo. Listen to your favorite multimedia radio stations live on your Amazon Echo device by saying Alexa, open Multimedia Ghana, play Joy FM or Hits FM or Love FM or catch up on your favorite podcast by saying Alexa, play and then the name of your favorite podcast from Multimedia Ghana. For a list of all podcasts available, say Alexa. Ask multimedia Ghana to browse programs. And okay. um, we right are go. back, like we, like we never lost signal. Alexa, welcome to multimedia. <laughs>
3: Fellow kukurudites, we were elected to fix the problems and I'm glad to report that we are fixing the problems.
6: The Ghana city has been classified as the West of African currencies with the worst spot returns tracked by Bloomberg. This government is
4: under intense pressure to return to the IMF for a bailout in the wake of harsh economic times, We will not go
6: to the IMF today, we will not go to IMF tomorrow, and we are not going as long as the NPP remains in power.
8: As my colleague, um, deputy minister said, we are not going to the IMF. Whatever we do, we are not.
7: If because of political pride and the rest of them we don't want to go, that is a different thing altogether.
4: Once the government? On our behalf, whether I like it or not, since we are not going to die, then my position changed. Then, show us the The
5: good thing, though, is that it does show that being an IMF program imposes more discipline. Because this government itself argues that all the way until early 2019, they were doing brilliant. What that means is that they were doing brilliant during the IMF program.
8: December 2016 came with a thunderbolt. It was time for the electorates to decide. (laughs) The elections were fought on the turf of the economy. After eight years of power, the National Democratic Congress, led by John Dramani Mahama, suffered a huge shock. The party lost the national election by a huge margin. A new Messiah, Nana akufo Ekufuado, was ushered into office to perform the badly needed surgical operation on the Ghanaian economy.
9: By the power vested in me as the chairperson of the electoral commission and the returning officer for the presidential election, it is my duty and my privilege to declare Nana akufo Ekufuado as the president-elect of the Republic of Ghana.
5: There
8: was a new breath of hope. The new team was to steer the economic affairs of the country. In fact, many believe that with Dr. Baumia in the economic management seat, Ghana's economy would never slip back into coma.
3: Fellow Kukrudites, we were elected to fix the problems and I'm glad to report That we are fixing the problems and we are putting in place the policies that will drive the economic transformation of this country.
8: In his first State of the Nation address on the 21st of February 2017, President Ekufuado described Ghana's economy as one which was in a bad way. According to the Ghana Statistical Service, the country closed 2016 with an inflation rate of 15.4%. The Bank of Ghana pegged the country's debt stock at 122.6 billion Ghana cities with a debt-to-GDP ratio of 73.3%. The city had lost 9.7% of its value against the dollar. Interest rate on loans had ballooned to 10.8 billion cities, and international reserves could cover just 2.8 months of imports, resulting in 3.4% of GDP growth rate. By the end of 2019, Ghana's macroeconomic indicators had seen massive improvements, attracting awards for its stellar performance.
5: We wanted to recognize him with this prestigious award from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. It is an award that we don't give lightly, we take seriously, and we do it out of respect to what the president has done in Ghana. So please give him a round of applause.
8: March 2020, the unexpected happened. The COVID-19 put spokes in the wheels of Ghana's economic trajectory. A lockdown, a term that was alien to the country, surfaced and placed a temporary halt on economic activities.
3: Pursuant to the
5: powers granted the President of the Republic under the Imposition of Restrictions Act 2020 Act 1012. Restrictions on movement of persons in the greater Accra metropolitan area, Gama, and the greater Akumase metropolitan area and contiguous districts for a period of two weeks subject to review.
8: President Ekufuado announcing the lockdown that halted many economic activities to help keep the economy in motion, Ghana received both in kind and in cash from various sources, including a 5.9 billion CD credit facility from the IMF. The devastation and impact of the COVID 19 pandemic was huge. Deputy Minister of Finance, Dr. John Kuma, recounts the impact of the pandemic.
6: COVID 19 was an exceptional um, pandemic that affected economies all over the world. So, uh, Ghana is not the only country that got affected. If you check, in 2019, the economy was Mm. at its peak. And we had done a lot of borrowing. And the investment, the returns of those investments was better going to show in 2020. But unfortunately, COVID struck and the economy retracted. In fact, uh, it grew by only 0.5%. So what it means is that all the investment you have done and expecting its impact mm. in the 2020 uh, in terms of the growth or the economic performance of the country, you lost all that opportunity.
8: In the heat of the pandemic in 2020, Ghana went to the polls, and President Nkrumah was re-elected. Unlike his first term, almost all key economic indicators had taken a nosedive in President Ekufuado's second term the atmosphere in Ghana was charged and filled with complaints from every corner of the country and by 2022 the cost of living had become unbearable
5: because the fuel is high so i'm doing a double work now
9: five cities you will get wache and gare and we we'll manage to give you macaroni small
8: business are really bleeding uh, some of the business are intensive care By the first quarter of 2022 inflation had crept from a single digit to 19.4 percent in march the city was on a free fall against the u.s greenback and international reserves began dwindling international rating agencies including fitch and moody's all dropped ratings on ghana's credit worthiness the nation was thrown out of the international capital market as foreign liquidity began to dry up exposing the weakness in ghana's economic fundamentals the only option was for ghana to turn to the imf for a bailout package professor boping sounded the alarm bells he said going to the imf was inescapable
7: i personally don't think that um the imf is a long-term solution to our problems and the reason i say so is that we've been there 16 17 times is that okay and practically every three years and some few months, we've had to go to the IMF and all of that. But as we always say, what takes us to the IMF has to do with the fundamentals. And as we, we sit right now, everything points to that.
8: The calls to register for an IMF bailout became intense.
4: After seeing Article 4, after seeing the COVID report, Article 4 2019 and the COVID report, and seeing the fiscal gap which is there, that was when I expressed the view that maybe it's time for us to go that's how far back to go to the fund because it's not just about COVID. But we got all the COVID money as I said already. And we could have used it to make a correction. Because the COVID money we go for ECF was nine or thirteen or so, you know, million US dollars. Here yeah, you're talking about six billion. Why was it not sufficient to do the correction? Something fundamentally wrong.
8: Government's position was very simple. No IMF program It has so much hope in using domestic means to turn the nation's economic fortunes around. We are not going to the IMF. Whatever we do, we are not. The consequences are there. We are a proud nation. We have the resources. We have the capacity. Don't let anybody tell you. In the raging storm, Finance Minister Ken Oforiata was insistent that government would not subscribe to an IMF program.
7: If because of political pride and the rest of them we don't want to go, that is a different thing altogether. It should not be our first resort, but we have not demonstrated that on our own, we'll be able to impose a fiscal consolidation that would enlist the appropriate response from duty bearers, as perhaps we have seen in, in, in our relationship with the fund if we could do that, why not? For 60-something years of independence, we can't keep going to the IMF. Anytime we go to the IMF, I feel that we... I, I feel we've lost something, right, as, as a sovereign country, and the rest of them. But IMF doesn't impose itself on any country. True countries' own actions and inactions, mismanagement of the economy, and the rest of them takes them to to the IMF. So if we arrive at that point, where homegrown solution has probably failed to, 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 to get at the same result, we'll do that. I believe that in 2014, when the government made a call to the IMF, it wasn't because it was their first result, right? Yeah, the fundamentals, they
4: so. My position has always been, once the government, on our behalf, whether I like it or not, since we are not going to the IMF, then my position changed. Then show as the alternative.
5: IMF cannot save us, right? Because we've done IMF 16 times, you 17 times now. We are we were an IMF program for the best part of this government until recently, right? Up to the end of 2018, this government was an IMF program. The good thing, though, in that respect, is that it does show that being an IMF program imposes more discipline. Because this government itself argues that all the way until early 2019, they were doing brilliant. What that means is that they were doing brilliant during the IMF program. That's an important point. So to make the case as if IMF is a problem, is strange. If you did IMF from 2017 all the way to uh, December, end of December 2018, and the economy was doing well as per your own analysis, then what is the argument anymore about IMF being a poison or a toxic?
7: That you
5: need to avoid. The government's attitude tends to be that, oh, we don't need IMF because IMF is bad. In a way, they don't say it directly, but it implies that it's bad. And I'm arguing that from 2017 January, when they came into power, to 2018 December, that's two years, they were running an IMF program. Now, when you ask them about their financial track record and their performance, the government likes to say, that want oh, until COVID hit, we're doing brilliant. And I'm saying that if that track record is one you are so proud of, you did that under an IMF program.
8: Despite government's insistence, the honorary vice president of Imani Africa, Bright Simmons, was hopeful government's best bet was seeking an IMF support. But beyond the political ego, was there any historical experience preventing government from approaching the IMF for liquidity support?
5: During 2018, when you were under under an IMF program, you were grown at 8.3%. Right? You were doing fantastically well on inflation. Exchange rate was stable. Right? We did not see massive unemployment based on some IMF restrictions or whatever it is that you've been calling it. You did the IMF for two years. We know these are some of the reasons why you don't like the IMF. In April 2018, the government was forced to acknowledge that it lied to the IMF about its external arrest and was forced to apologize. Right? You have to write to the managing director of the IMF and apologize that somehow you forgot whatever, somebody some data was not there, blah, 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 Of course, that is why you don't like the IMF, because that extra discipline, that extra scrutiny may not be something that is to your liking, but we have to look beyond your ego and think about a country. Yes, the IMF will insist that you disclose the data. You will not be able to play the games that you play with us here, where you say something where is the data, you refuse to disclose the data. They will insist. So that might not be very pleasant for managers in the government, but that does not mean that it's against
9: Esta semana en Macy's, prepárate para la vuelta a la escuela con ahorros increíbles en todo lo que necesitan para el nuevo año como equipos deportivos de pies a cabeza de las mejores marcas camisetas gráficas para usar con todo y un 40% menos en mochilas nuevas y accesorios de Kipling y más Además, los miembros de Macy's Star Rewards ganan recompensas con cada compra excepto tarjetas de regalos, servicios y cargos Descubre más en Macy's.com para Star Rewards Ahorros sobre precios en oferta y liquidación aplican excepciones
5: and national interest. We should distinguish between IMF program elements that may not benefit Ghana, of which nowadays there are not that many because you yourself have to come up with a proposal and you yourself have to negotiate it. And then IMF program elements that may not benefit the government ministers and officials that may be responsible for designing and implementing it. I think the two are not on the same scale. And while the IMF will not transform Ghana, While the IMF will not change Ghana's fortunes dramatically, our argument is that it's no worse from the things that's already happening.
8: While government stood by its decision not to subscribe to the IMF program, Ghana's economic situation began to worsen, and by the end of the second quarter of 2022, the country had added close to 42 billion CDs to its debt portfolio. Inflation had more than doubled compared to the rate in January 2022. Ghana's reserves were fast drying up and downgrades kept hitting government in the face. The health of the country's key economic indicators showed it was impossible to forge forward without support from the Britain Woods Institution, IMF. After months of refusal, government finally made a big U-turn. It announced its intention to seek an IMF program, blaming it on the pandemic and the brewing tensions between Russia and Ukraine. Deputy Finance Minister John Kuma makes a strong case on why government beat a hasty retreat.
6: Let me say that uh, this is not the first time Ghana is going to the IMF and um, every time that we have been out of an IMF program it has been our hope that uh, we will not be in a position to return to the fund. Nevertheless, we are members of the fund. I mean, we are part of the uh, global membership of the yeah. imf so uh, even when you don't have a program with a fund every year you still have to go and engage in article four reviews and, reviews and engagements with the fund so uh, i think that uh, uh, when it becomes impossible when it becomes very difficult such as external factors such as what we are talking about which is beyond your control mm-hmm then you have to look up to the fund for a program that will come in to restore some of the confidence and economic indicators to bring relief to your economy. So, uh, yes, even though initially we had indicated we were not going to the fund, we've got into a point where some of the domestic expectations that we had, for instance, E-Levy, mm. that we introduced, the domestic, especially our fiscal programs like E-Levy, didn't give us the expected returns. And we all know how Ye levy was fought in parliament and the propaganda against it. It actually impacted on its implementation mm-hmm. immediately. And once we were not getting the revenues, we were not watch to run down the economy. We had to take the critical decisions to restore uh, the economy. And that is why eventually His Excellency the President uh, directed that we should engage with the fund uh, engaging with the fund gives you a number of advantages. First of all, it helps to restore confidence uh, in your in your economy. It gives comfort also to investors who have brought their funds into your economy mm. to believe that uh, you may not default or you are on the right trajectory mm. in terms of uh, your uh, economic. Um, Policies and programs. So, we needed that to restore the confidence uh, and then also to be able to bring our debt to sustainable levels. So, these were some of the key factors that uh, eventually had to force us to re engage with the fund.
8: By the end of the second quarter, skyrocketing inflation compelled the central bank to ramp up monetary policy rate from 14.5% in January to 19% in June 2022. Depreciation of the city against the dollar also quickened the pace of economic decline and added more pressure to the country's debt burden. Debt levels were so high that many financial experts predicted default for Ghana. Ghana's uh,
6: debt stock, uh, let me say, have been influenced about by about four key factors. One is the energy sector um, debt accumulation that um, we created then the banking sector clean-up exercise that we carried uh, which was about 25 billion and then we are talking about covid 19 uh, expenses that came and then lately the depreciation of the currency mm. uh, we know that much of us of our debt stock is in borrowed uh, money the debt stock will show incre- increases
8: but former finance minister said tepe maintains Government has no business blaming the economic mess on the COVID-19 pandemic.
4: The point is that you can go and refer to Article 4. 2019. There was a fiscal gap before COVID. That's point number one. So we're saying don't put everything on COVID. Come up clean. Secondly, the current government is the only government yes COVID was severe, no question about it. Severer. But does If you minimise somebody's crisis, you wouldn't prepare for the next crisis, which is why, as we sit here, we are not prepared for the next crisis because the sinking fund, you saw, down; will be down to zero. The stabilization fund is just a skeleton of itself. And during COVID, remember, we fell on part of the savings that we had made, mm-hmm. right? You know, to assist in COVID, right? Uh, we left $250 million US dollars as, from part of the borrowing in the Ghana Infrastructure Investment Fund together with VAT that flowed, you know, what happened to those those funds. So you see the buffers that were left yeah. for the government together with three oil fields, right? But the other point, apart from the two points, buffers and then also you know, um, the, uh, three oil and the buffers. Mm-hmm. This is the administration, I would say, which had a crisis and had approximately 6 million billion US dollars from IMF, COVID soft loan, IMF, SDR, World Bank, 600 million, Bank of Ghana, 1.7 billion. You can count it nearly it's Korea, six. too. Korea, yes. China, PTE and everything to resolve COVID. So So
2: so
6: you mean the cost was already catered yeah. for user? Precisely, because the cost was
4: disclosed during the for the COVID loan was three percent of GDP. And what we are talking about is more than three percent of GDP because it's about half of what GRE brings.
10: Yeah.
4: And we just saw GRE brings in about if you take it it brings in fifteen, you know, percent of GDP, you know, which is half of it. So it means you got about seven, half of it mm. to resolve COVID. So why continue blaming COVID? And how many African countries borrowed one billion for COVID? And how many African countries went into their own coffers coffers, to take 250 million U.S. dollars, now it's almost 400 million, from the Stabilization Fund, which was bequeathed to tackle COVID. Mm. You see? So we are not belittling COVID. We are only saying a certain candidness is required. It should be more open. Yes, more open as to the causes. But the main cause is expenditure. Expenditure is bloated, including some of the very ambitious things that we want to do for political reasons.
8: Bright Simmons, on the other hand, believes COVID 19 rather left a footprint of blessings for the country.
5: The government has tried to create an impression that how much we spent was so much that it affected our finances in every other way. But if you look at you know, overall, our social assistance spending versus countries like, you know, Senegal, Rwanda, uh, even the average in, West, in sub-Saharan Africa, we spend less. And then when you look at how we responded to COVID, like the free water, the free electricity, and the rest, even that we are behind the likes of Kenya, Benin, Senegal, and the rest. We are higher than the average in West Africa, but we are not the highest in emerging markets, and we are lower than several of our competitor uh, economies who are doing less bad than we are so we cannot really blame COVID. You look at how much more Senegal spent, for instance. If COVID spending was the issue, then guy will have much more of a challenge. And then when you look at the impacts, you know, how much of our economic growth was actually shaved off by COVID, you see that we are there. Look at us. We are top there. Look at our relative effects, 0.2%. Of the rest. Look at countries like Namibia. Look at countries like Myanmar. Look at um, um, countries that had you know, massive shrinking, like Mauritius and the rest, that are, like major tourists, um, countries,
8: you know. In delivering the much Anticipated 2023 budget, Finance Minister Ken Oforiata confirmed the obvious. He officially unmasked the nature of Ghana's debt portfolio. According to him, Ghana was at a high risk of debt distress, and the debt levels were unsustainable.
7: Debt exchange program. Mr. Speaker, the debt sustainability analysis Based on the macroeconomic outlook has been conducted by the Ministry of Finance. It analyzes the country's capacity to finance its policy objectives and service its debts. The current debt sustainability analysis conducted reveals that Ghana is now considered to be in high risk of debt distress.
8: Unlike our 16th enrollment in 2015, Ghana's unsustainable debt position was certainly a huge obstacle in obtaining an IMF deal. This means a lot of conditions must be met. According to the fund, in cases where the country's debt is assessed as unsustainable, the IMF is precluded from providing financing unless the member takes steps to restore debt sustainability, including seeking a debt restructuring from its creditors. IMF's message was very simple. Restructure your debt. Or no bailout package, Ghana was out of the Eurobond market, and IMF looked like the only option. No more foreign grants, and at this point, debt restructuring looked inevitable.
2: I am from Dondoli community, a suburb of one municipal in the upper west region of Ghana. I was born in the post-independent era, a distinguished personality, a social entrepreneur, an Islamic influencer. I'm a farmer. A chunk of my life has been directed to helping the mental challenge people in Upper West region by way of you know, impacting their lives, helping and assisting them, bathing them, feeding, clothing, and medicating them through regional psychiatric units. I, I almost go around, almost every fortnight, bring them together, bath them, feed them, and clothe them. And afterwards, I invite the municipal hospital. To come and screen them. Apart from that, I've given almost all of them health insurance. Yet to make sure that when they are sick, I take them to the hospital. My motivation is whenever I ask myself the purpose of my life, that motivated me more to go into this because I ask myself. What am I here for? Apart from service to God, what is the other thing that I can do to impact somebody's lives? When I ask myself such a question, it gives me more hope to go into such a venture. We have been doing this for almost 17 years. We started as a volunteer group in 2007 and had our formal formal and legal registration as an NGO in 2010. There are more than 200, 300 people ask, you know, because uh, they are not stable, people used to come and go. But at least, as we are speaking now, in one municipal alone, we had about 47 people. 47 registered people. But those people who pass through Baháf Foundation are more than 200 people. BNUX is a very big and a large platform which everybody would like to filter on. And I know this thing, inshallah, it will bring hope and it will bring a lot of investors, a lot of uh, uh, benevolent uh, investors to come to
0: our... Tax Day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply.